Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, folks. This is Carl. It is uh, the 25th of February, and we are going to be on the uh, this broadcast for the next 90 minutes, and we're going to continue in... Uh, in the topic that I call the pivotal point of all human history, uh, the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, And and by pivotal point, uh, I'm referring to the fact that decision we make, the decision we make about the cross of Christ and how we apply it to our lives will be the only thing that will determine where we spend uh, eternity either in the lake of fire or the new heaven and new earth. Hello, Raven. Hello there, Carl. How was your day today? I'm still struggling with my voice, but I'm all right. Um, Yeah. I've probably been been on this. uh, uh, Probably this is my 12th day, 11th, 12th day. Uh, I just walked. My voice and but it, it, it's okay. I'm 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 not that bad. You uh, know, you, sometimes these things can just get down in there and. <laughs> and that's yeah. I, in fact, I yeah. tried twice. I I felt twice it getting better, and then the next day I just went backwards. So whatever it is, it is. It's not. It's difficult right. talk, and I had a real difficult time doing my second and third video of the week this week, but uh, today it's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, you sound rough. You sound a little rough today. I am. Oh, this is nothing. <laughs> listen yeah. to my listen to the video I did. Uh, I did three last week. Listen to the last two, one of the last two for two minutes. Uh, wow. Bible I did Thursday night at, Her- at uh, Heritage <laughs> at Monclova. I could barely. It, it was difficult, but well, hey, when I see the problems going on around me with people, uh, I'm okay. Um, I I hear you. You know, I I, I, mean, it, I understand. A whole yeah, my, what I've got is annoying. It's a virus, uh, as you know, since the phony government control of churches called COVID. Uh, right. I have, if I even get a a tickle in the throat, being I have in-person Bible studies I do, if I even have, and I, and I take that statement about government control of the churches back, that wasn't necessary to add. Uh, what people think about COVID, it's irrelevant. It's all done now. It's accomplished its purpose. But being that I have people, and some older than me, believe it or not, in these Bible studies, uh, if I even get a tickle in the throat, I drive down to the uh, urgent care and uh, have them jam those uh, pieces of cotton up into my brain and uh, I did that last uh, Saturday because I had a Bible study Sunday night, and uh, they told me, you, you don't have COVID, you don't have the flu, 
it's strictly a viral infection and uh yeah but we uh i've just started here let me give some things out and then we'll we'll regroup here uh All right. anybody that wants to call in and speak to us uh we're going to be doing the cross of christ where we made quite a bit of we made quite a bit of uh progress last week in fact we got down to discussing specific verses that talk about the blood of Christ. And the cross is about nothing more or nothing but the blood of Christ, nothing less, certainly. You can call in at 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. And that is toll-free, as I understand it from any cell phone or any landline in continental United States. If anybody has a landline yet, I guess there are. Uh, One thing I haven't seen in years is phone booths. I guess that's, if there are any, they're usually destroyed by vandalism anyhow. Yeah, there are a few. I've looked into that. There are a few in the United States, but not too many. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's Don't not. Well, oh, vandals, vandals can't let that go. Um, right, right. If you do call in, it's always good for continuity if you have a question or a comment about the topic we're on, but I'm not going to limit it to that. <laughs> if anything you have is a question biblically, and the one thing I don't want to get into is the debates about the rapture timing or when Christ is going to return, or any of this other stuff that we 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 argue about in Christianity, there's denominations built on it. Uh, whatever you want to think or believe on it is fine. Uh, if people, uh, Raven and I have talked about it extensively, uh, but we're one-on-one. I want to talk about anything that you have that's a question, uh, that the Bible specifically answers, or it should specifically answer, or a verse that would shed light on it, I'll do my best to help you with that. Uh, but it's got to be biblical, though. I don't want to. I don't want to get into bashing denominations or practices or uh, anything biblical. But it's always preferable if you can keep something to the context we're in. Um, that's about it. Uh, I usually I used to warn people about making obscene phone calls, but I'm gonna guess it's probably been at least six months since we've had them. We had a we had them for an awful long period of time, obscene, and I mean obscene. It wouldn't be allowed on the Howard Stern show, and uh, I don't think publicly. Uh, but we haven't had that in a while, so I'm going to let that one go. Uh, anything in your wacky world you want to update on? <laughs> Boy, you couldn't have said that any better, Carl. <laughs> my, well, my world does tend to be a little wacky, doesn't it? I got crazy I stuff going on, but I think we're all in. The, I think we're all on. You ever see those little? things in the old amusement parks and the in the playgrounds, little play public playground. 
where you have these uh-huh. bars that people hold on to and you can spin this big wooden whirl on that thing, merry-go-round, running around. The, the, yeah, that we used to that we used to get on when we were little kids, you mean, and you'd go around and around really yeah. fast and, and just hold on for dear life that you didn't go flying off. <laughs> you know, I can remember. I, I can... I can remember, Raven, and I was 10, 11 years old at the time in New York mm-hmm. City, the playground. We had a, I lived in a housing project, and we had a, a playground. Um, I don't know. It was probably three blocks from where I lived for that housing project, but not just for housing project people. And I'm right. going to tell you something. OSHA would absolutely they'd have they'd have to be transported to the ER if they even saw this playground. We had these monkey bars that you could climb mm-hmm. probably twenty foot off the ground and little kids doing it. They had teeter teeter totters yeah. that would go up and down and they went high. I, I yeah. I'm I'm dead serious. I'd love to see I'd love to see the current uh the current safety crews, what we'd have to, we'd have to dress up like an Indy car driver to get on a, on a monkey bar. I, I understand that. Yeah, we had met, these big metal monkey bars that go up it, and they were sort of a, a, a curved thing. Yeah, they were really high, and they were sort of a curved looking. I don't know how to explain them, but it was a big round dome almost, and they went. Crisscross across, and you climb up over up the top of them, and you'd hang down yep. the middle, and yep. all kinds of oh, stuff. Yeah. But and I swear to you, though, Carl. What? Yeah, but we would, but we never got. I don't remember ever seeing anybody got hurt. But, but I'm telling you, kids today, well, I think they get hurt easier on these other things because they just go crazy thinking they're never, that nothing's going to hurt them. But we were, you know, we were, I, none I, of us were. I did, I, I, I did, Raven, sense that as a kid, that there were, for instance, I was definitely afraid of heights. Yeah. I, I could not go up in the, with the, there were some kids that would go on the swing so high that they were, it almost looked to me like that they they were in danger of going over the other way. No, uh, people were a little more cautious. You're right. Nowadays, I don't know. Right, but we didn't we didn't wear helmets or do anything. I mean, we listened yeah. to our parents and we did what we were told. And if but if we didn't, boy, we sure found out, didn't we? There were consequences. There were consequences yeah. to things back then. Because if you didn't do something, you got hurt. You got hurt. You didn't yeah. have um, all kinds right. of padding and, and helmets and all this kind of thing. If you didn't do what you were told, you were going to get hurt. And if you didn't get hurt, you saw some other kid get hurt, and you learned a lesson from it. You, but there were lessons that were learned from growing up. With, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, uh, it just was a little – parents just seemed to be a little more – a little more 
realistic in, in teaching kids about what's real, what the real difficulties are. And I, I, and maybe it was we saw people get hurt. Uh, I, but very yeah. few. I Very few. Right. You know, right. when I was, oh, maybe, I was maybe six, six or seven, and we used to jump fences over the neighbor's yard all the time to go to friends' houses, right? And but our parents used to, yep, and we thought it was no big deal. Well, our parents used to tell us, don't jump the fence. Somebody's going to get hurt. But we were kids, and we thought we were invincible. Well, one day, the neighbor kid, uh, three doors down from me, a, a house full of boys, and where they went, I went. You know, we we played together and hung out and, and went down to the river for tadpoles and whatever. But anyway, so he jumped the fence to come to my yard. He jumped mm-hmm. three fences, you know. Anyway, to come to my yard, and when he jumped to, to my yard, he jumped and, and slipped, so he didn't quite clear the fence. And his, oh. his foot, mm. yep, his foot, mm. his foot grabbed, well, and when he fell, a stick went right down his throat. Oh. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> every kid, every kid in the neighborhood heard about it, and you never heard about one more kid jumping a fence again. Because they all learn something from it. They all you know, ever, we all learn something from it, see. The thing that I remember from that is parents that were very cautious of kids, little kids crossing streets alone. Oh, yeah. And without yeah. without looking both ways and all. But I got to tell you, you're right, Raven. As a very young child, I remember a kid getting hit. And I saw it, and I'll tell you that. I I, I don't Parents, know. I I don't know what I don't know what's going on. I'm not a psychologist. I can't even spell the word. But it just people today don't use common sense. We've got rules on everything, and we've got policemen, or they, we've got thought police people who police your thoughts. Yep. And, and yet, we've never been in a more dangerous predicament than we are today. But that—that's, I'm getting into politics yeah. in a way. I, I don't I, want to do right. that. But I'm just saying, you know, parents used to used to uh, take those take things and make lessons out of them with their kids, you know. Exactly. And and I think, yeah. and 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 we could say take the same thing from scripture and say, you know, let's take the lessons that God gives us and take these things. And use them, but I think that's where society is going. You, you know, know, we what? can't take scripture and use it. We can't what? take we can't take anything well, anymore. You, you, yeah. Hold on. You just made, you just made a great analogy that's worth repeating. In in in, in past generations, mm-hmm. kids were scripture. Today, even the churches don't want to study scripture. Yeah. Listen to people yeah. like David Jeremiah, Dr. Michael Youssef, Greg Laurie. Yeah. For those who, for those who, uh, you're a little late, but Jimmy Swaggart was very heavy on this thing about. And I know Jimmy Swaggart had problems. I realized, you know, that we're the only. 
people who don't sin anymore. But Jimmy Swaggart right. was very big on that in his day where he was against any preaching and teaching other than the scripture. But listen to these people, Dr. David Jeremiah, Michael Youssef. These people are, 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 can't control, contain themselves about the lack of biblical teaching from the Bible in context anymore in the churches. But it's just the way we're godless. We're we're dumbing them down. We're dumbing them down. Everybody is, nobody is smart enough to understand. It's like we're going back to the Middle Ages, back to the Dark Ages, I should say. Nobody's smart enough to understand this. So, so let's, so let's make it easier for everyone to understand. Even little kids, when I was a little kid and when my kids were little, we taught them Bible verses. I was taught Bible verses. Now they say, well, kids can't, kids can't really grasp that. Let's teach it to them in ways they can understand. Baloney. Uh-huh. Kids, yep. kids can You're understand right. Bible verses. I understood yep. the Bible when I was a little kid. They taught it to us. They would give us the Bible verse, and then they would, and then they would show us a picture of what this meant, but they would tell us the Bible verses. They wouldn't try to go run rings around all kinds of stuff and give us, you know, it, it was the Bible. We were taught from the Bible even as little kids. Now, did they tell us a story or something to go with it? Sure. No problem with that. But we were taught the Bible. But they don't want to do that anymore. They well, don't want we're, to, we're you know, do I'm not saying all churches, but yeah, we're, we're, we're they, they want to dumb it down. That, ever do on this show the day that and i'll say one thing about freedomizer radio the gentleman that i know that run that i have to deal with i will give this man credit for one thing he has never once ever ever edited commented negatively on the fact that we stress nothing but the bible and i'll give him credit for that because there are programs, folks, where they control yeah. what you say. Let's, right. Let's, let's, yeah, he'll never come here. He'll never come on here what? and tell you you can't say. He'll never come on here and tell no. you that you can't say. Nah. No. In fact, what, that's not going to happen. One time, long time ago, Raven. I don't even think you were part of this. Uh, I was. He had asked me to join him on his program, which was a Sunday night. And and he asked me, what do I talk about? What is my focus? And I, I got to give the man credit. Even though his program was not a, a spiritual program as such, as I remember, uh, I, I, I gave it as, as honest as I could about the scripture. And, uh, and he never made a negative comment. And for that, I... Uh, there are churches, and Raven and I know a pastor who was offered 10, 12 years ago, 10, say, between 55 and $60,000 a year, all benefits, all expenses paid, preach and teach, the uh, preach and teach, but he had to do only the sermons and the studies that the church gave him, nothing on his own. Yeah. Uh, and you know who I mean on that one. Unfortunately, and yeah. I give the man credit, he rejected it. But I'll tell you yeah. what we're going to do. We, we, 
just left off talking about the necessity of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So we're yes. going to pick up on that. And Raven, read Hebrews nine twenty-two. Yes. This is this is repetitive, but we need to keep hearing this stuff. The Bible even says, "I I don't find it." Paul says several times, "I don't find it cumbersome to repeat the same thing to you," because the enemy yes. does not want to hear it. And many times the enemy is in our household or in our church. But go ahead. And according to the law, almost all things are purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Okay, now go to, go to Leviticus 17.11. All right. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Okay. Now, what does this have to do with the cross of Christ? Everything. Everything. The cross is where Christ willingly died and offers his life in order to pay for our sins. If there is, if the cross is not your central, central station, central anchor point of your entire faith, you are running a risk. Now I don't know what your faith is based on, or all these other little whimsical things we hear in churches today. Uh, there are no shortcuts to the cross. You want the forgiveness of sins, you must go to the cross. You want to go to the cross, you can't you have to go through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that means yeah. that you must repent. Without the forgiveness of shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So we're we're pointing everything here to why the cross is such an important event in human history. Now let's go to first Peter and read one 19 through 21. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Okay, now I goofed up there. Read 18. Okay. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Keep going. Ah, but Keep with going. precious blood of Christ with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Okay. Do you want me to read the rest again? No, that's good. The blood of Christ is the central point of all human existence. What you do and how you apply that event 
to your soul and to your sins is going to determine whether you spend eternity in the lake of fire or the new heaven and new earth. And it's our choice. We've all got the free will choice. I, I, I'm going to say something here, and I'm not trying to start a wildfire, but I am, I'm, 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 I'm not one that's big on come up and repeat this prayer after me or accept Jesus into your heart or surrender right. your life to Jesus or make a decision for Jesus. Those things, folks, on their own merit are incomplete. It leads to easy believism. I'm not saying that nobody was ever saved by the sinner's prayer. That would be stupider than the way I sound. But I want people to realize the cost of our free gift. The cost was the highest price ever paid in the history of humanity. And it was the blood of God himself. John 10:30. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. God himself had to shed his blood at the cross. And if we don't take that as the number one and the only point of anchoring our ship, eternity, we're going to open up our eyes in the lake of fire for all eternity, just as in Luke 16, 19, 20, and 21, where the rich man did. He opened his eyes in torment in hell. I'm telling you, folks, I have no denomination. I don't even have a means to collect money. I had Joanne. I kept bugging Joanne to get me a, a credit card machine. I used one. So I take donations. And she bought me one a couple of months ago at Sunday night. She gave it to me. Yeah, it didn't have any wire. Right, I'm right. I'm not even prepared. I'm not prepared to get your to take collections. I'm telling you, if you do not consider the fact that that shed blood on the cross is the only thing that's holding you up from going into the lake of fire for all eternity, you need to copy these verses down. We're giving you, please, and I want you to read them yourself. I'm not here to to debate denomination, debate this, debate that, or anything else, I want to give you the Bible verses. Everyone on this program, if if they're listening, they're intelligent enough to understand the scripture. I'm just asking you, please, for your own benefit, not for me. I don't even know who most people are. We get, I don't know, anywhere from seven to maybe 25 listeners a week. I don't know who the people are. I have no as a gentleman I used to work with said, I have no horse in this race, no nickel in the dime. I'm just telling you, make sure your salvation is based on the blood of Christ and what it was meant to do. And that's what we're trying to give you. Now, yeah. I want you to go and read a, a main diversion of churches today, and it has been for many years. In fact, Jesus Christ spoke of this. In Mark 7. Go to Mark 7. All right. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up about the sinner's prayer because, like you said, there may be some people out there that, you know, that have used that and that had an understanding and repentance beforehand. Uh, 
Now, Pastor Rands, I will give what did what did my a big saying in New York City? I give the devil his credit. Now, I'm not calling Pastor Rands a devil. Uh, it's right, just a, right. a cliche to use in the in New York City many years ago. Uh, the man does preach repentance, but Raven, I have heard from more people in sermons, and I've I've listened to them. And they use this thing as all you got to do is publicly go up and confess your sin. Right. And the all Bible you got to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Yeah. Right. The Bible does say you confess with your mouth. It also right. says after confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart. And you can't believe in your heart if there's salvation without the total first requirement of a repentant heart. You can't, or you're not believing yeah, in biblical right. self. Now, that's right. asking Jesus into your heart, surrendering your life to Jesus, all these things are good, but you've got to give the complete gospel. Give the whole that's gospel. Right. First Peter, First Peter 1, 18 through 21, couldn't space it as good as anything I've read in the Bible. We're going to give other verses, though. Bear with us. So I want you to read chapter 7 and start with verse 6 and see the same thing we're facing today in modern Christianity. Same thing. Read 6 through 13. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Oh, that, yes. Yeah. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things that you do. And he said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is dedicated to the temple. And you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Okay, <laughs> this is straightforward. Jesus is talking about a problem that did exist then, and I see more and more in my 37 years since I uh, went to a church where the Bible was uh, the foundation. Uh, we make the word of God in none effect through our tradition. Go to Galatians 5.2 and 5.4 and read these. Galatians 5, 2. Same thing. Same thing. 
Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And 5.4, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. There you go. And we've got churches today that implicitly, implicitly pull every week. Water baptism saves your soul. Some flat out say it. Yeah, oh yeah. We laugh at circumcision, but what does the Bible also say? In Hebrews, circumcision or uncircumcision means nothing. Baptism by water means nothing. Are you baptized in your soul? Have you been baptized with the baptism of Romans 6, 3? Baptized into his death. We in churches today are at least implying that there is a necessity to obey a commandment. Do you get baptized? Yes. The Bible says do it. But if you haven't been baptized with the baptism of Romans 6, 3, then waste, waste, don't waste the friction on a towel of having to dry yourself off from water baptism because you're going to go to the lake of fire if you never are baptized with that baptism. But churches do imply minimum implication that you've got to have and Raven, you know the church I go to. The pastor does yeah. not believe this, but many people in that church, you you're not baptized in water, you're not going to heaven. That's just one of them. We can take numerous. Whose ox do you want to gore? Numerous, numerous churches in Christianity supposedly that are demanding you go back to Hebraic law. I, I, I'm, and, and Jesus said it here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into trying to convince you of anything. You read Mark seven, six through thirteen. It's been read, and if you don't agree with him, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make you understand it. Okay. Yeah. Would you, now the book, Carl? Yeah. I, I was just going to. I was just going to say something about this this uh, situation with baptism. Um, and I don't know if you want to address this now or not, but I was going to ask because I know since you brought it up, um, and I know that this can be an issue for some people. Oh, it's and, an issue, Raven, in the, Raven. It's an issue in the church I went to today. That's why the pastor at a Southern Baptist church at least twice a month says, water baptism does not save your soul. Right. There is an issue. So some will say scripture says that you have to be baptized. I have to find the thing, but you have to be baptized with Acts water. And... There, oh, 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 hold on. Go to Acts two thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Yeah, and I know what it means. I know the purpose of it, no, but, go, but I just thought on. we would address it real quick. Well, we're going we're to give an answer as to what it means, but not out of my seminary teaching, which I don't have. 
not out of my commentaries, which I haven't written. We're going to answer the baptism you must have to save your soul, or you're going to be at a very hot place for a very long period of time. I don't care. But the one that opinions. says, the one that says, oh, unless you were born of water and of the spirit, or baptized in water and the spirit. Uh, I'm trying to remember, and they will use that. No, hold on, hold on. That's a yeah. different verse, and that has a different context. He was right. talking about you being born again. So the first yeah. time you've got to be born naturally of water. Yes, thank you. Okay, that's a different context. Read Acts two thirty-eight and thirty-nine. I think is where you are going. Uh, then Peter said to them, "Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins." And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Okay. Now, let's establish some, let's establish biblical comments. Read 1 Corinthians one seventeen. One seventeen. One seventeen. But Christ did not send. Yes, but Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of no effect. Now he sent yeah. him to preach the gospel. The gospel is what? Read verse sixteen. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I apologize. Hold on, hold on. Verse 18. Uh, this is the, what he was sent to do, to preach salvation. For the, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Okay. The power of God to salvation, folks, is not water baptism. Verse 17 and 18 show us that. I'm only asking you folks to listen to what the Bible says. Only thing I'm doing is pointing out verses. If anybody thinks I'm here trying to change people's minds, you couldn't be wrong, more wrong, more wrong. I haven't got the ability to do that, and I don't want to. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I want you to go to Romans 16. We're going to do a lot of jobs. What is right. the power of I'm, God's salvation? Romans 16. 1.16. Oh, excuse me. I thought you said Romans 16. I didn't hear the one. Gotcha. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Okay. The power of God to salvation, folks, per the Bible, is believing the gospel. It is not baptism by water. I'm saying baptism by water. You got to listen to what I'm saying. Bring denominational heresy into this. Okay. Now, he says in Acts 2.38 and 39, you must be baptized. Then, Carl, is the Bible another contradiction like I always thought it was? Not at all. 
But the Bible never right. says water baptism. Let yeah. me give you the baptism that you must have biblically, or you're going to go to a very hot place for a very long period of time. Read Romans 6, 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? has nothing to do with water. Now, why did you get baptized, Carl? Good question. Because baptism is like communion. It is a symbol that we can do publicly to show people what Christ has done internally for our soul. Communion is the same thing. In communion, it has no... that. I don't care whether it's a Roman Catholic priest or it's a Lutheran minister. There is no power of transubstantiation in the Bible where anyone changes the wafer and the wine or the juice into the body and blood of Christ. That is heresy. I still deal with this with some people in our in-person Bible studies, Raven, that you know. And not that they're arrogant. Or argumentative, they just say, but that's the way I was raised. Oh, well, I I can't help it. But communion is what? It is your way of acknowledging that you are ingesting Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross for you, and that you swallow it because you can't show ingesting any better than eating something. It just don't happen. Right. And then baptism by water. You're baptized into what? You're baptized into Christ or baptized into his death by faith. Has nothing to do with water baptism. Water baptism is a way of me publicly saying to you what Christ has done internally for my soul. Is this making sense? Oh, it, it, it perfectly does. I mean, just think. It, it, let's give an example. If someone were to accept Christ, let's just say in the hospital, a few minutes before they died, and water and water baptism was necessary to for salvation, that would mean that that person would would not go to heaven simply because of being sprinkled with water. That's, okay, okay. What's, the best biblical, what's the best biblical example we can think of? What Raven's saying is a very, very contradictory to most, to a lot of Christianity today. She's saying right. that, that you do not have to have water baptism to be saved. What is absolutely the one thing in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the gospel, that verifies what Raven is saying. And Jesus himself told the story. What's that? The thief on the cross. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That ends all debate. Or Jesus is a liar. And I think some people in denominations would rather accept Jesus as a liar 
that admit that the thief on the cross went to heaven and he wasn't water baptized. Think of this, yeah. folks. Yeah. But what is Carl here trying to do? Tear down all the... I'm not trying to do anything. Remember, I don't even have a credit card machine. I'm doing nothing but giving you scripture. You got to make the decision yourself, not me. This way beyond my capability. I had to come because I was raised in a religion where my parents could not allow me to even ride in their automobile as a baby until I was baptized because they thought that if they crashed and I died, I'd go to hell because of them. So believe me, I know what this prison is. It's a demonic prison. It's substituting the rules of men for what did Christ say in Mark 7 that you read? You're making the words of man over the law of God. You hypocrites. We're doing the same thing. Now you have to be baptized in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. You have to be baptized by grace through faith. And that's right along with Ephesians 2.8. You are saved by grace through faith. That is your baptism. When you are truly saved by grace through faith, not of your works so no one can boast, you have now been baptized by the Holy Spirit into salvation, into Christ. Why don't you read three? You've read three. Read three again. And then read four, five, and six. It elaborates on it. In Romans, okay, six. Right. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. We For should. We have been united. So he's talking. Hold on. He's talking to people. Yep. We should do this. It's not a guarantee. You're not a slot car. But now you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You should walk in the new. Keep going. Yes. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And do you see where no baptism, way. hold on, baptism by faith yeah. into his death in verse 3? That's yeah. exactly what it says here, that we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. Nothing to yeah. do with water. Water is your way of physically showing your sins were washed away by your baptism of faith in the death of Jesus Christ. Yes. You you know, there's one verse of Scripture that proves it, in my opinion, more than any other verse in the entire Bible. I don't know how you can refute it. To me, the thief on the cross, either Christ is a liar or water baptism is not. But go ahead. There's more than one, okay. I'm sure. Right. 
uh, it's Matt, for me it does, Uh, uh, you know, uh, someone else may not see it this way, but it's Matthew 3.11, it's Matthew Matthew 3.11, Matthew 3, verse 11. Hold on, I'm getting there. I'm sure there's multitudes of verses, multitudes. And I agree okay. about the thief on the cross, but but to me this just says, this proves that there was a change that happened. It went from being physical works to spiritual, okay. the, which is the Holy Spirit. I haven't yeah. written a book I'm, on the thief on the cross. Hold on. I'm not, right. can't, that's right. the only thing I can think of. Read this. This is very explanatory. Go ahead. Right. I mean, and I agree with the thief on the cross, but he says, I indeed, this is John the Baptist speaking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, you just so, said something else. You said something yeah. else key here. I mm-hmm. want you to read that verse again. And what is the purpose of water baptism? John the Baptist never equated it with salvation. Right. He equated it with repentance. I there you indeed go. Read bapt- right. I yep. indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that is when you're born again. Now read verse 6. Yeah. Of, of Matthew 3? Yep. Or of Romans 6. Okay. Matthew 3. Matthew, Matthew 3. And were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sin. Folks, there is nothing in the scripture, nothing in the scripture that water baptism does any is any meaning other than confessing your sins. Yeah. And why do you have to confess your sin? Because without confession of sin, there is no repentance. And if there's no repentance, there's no salvation. And if there's no salvation, there's a lake of fire for all eternity. The water, the water baptism man, never saved anyone. Never. No, it never was meant to, Raven. I've asked even ministers and some that I think highly of. And they said, I, I don't know. I've never even given that a thought. Whatever made water baptism be equated with salvation? Now, they baptized with water. Acts is full of it. But it was a sign of repentance. The Bible cannot contradict the Bible. I'm sorry to say that. I have people occasionally, very rare, that Bible study that I suspect that they're trying to show me that the Bible contradicts itself. I've had that. But it's impossible. The Holy Spirit will not contradict. Even an idiot like me would not write a book where I would contradict myself. I mean, that's just, we wouldn't do it. But the it was an outward was sign. Fire. It was an outward what? sign of an inward, it was an outward sign of an inward change. Exactly, period. That's why we get baptized. The same reason we go to communion. 
And yet think of how many people, even supposed Christian churches, that believe that the minister, the pastor, the priest, whoever, actually changes the bread and the juice or wine into the body and blood of Christ. This is predominant. I didn't think it was in Christian, I didn't think it was in biblical Christianity churches, but it is. I was ignorant. I thought it was only Roman Catholicism that hung on transubstantiation. But all this here, folks, just take the verses we're giving you, you read them. We're not here to convert people. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Now, baptism, in the water, you get in water and you're filthy. And what does water do? It's It's a cleaning agent. Go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and this shows you why water baptism is symbolic of what happens in your soul. For he made us, 2 Corinthians 5, 21? Yes, ma'am. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That is the purpose of, of real baptism. You're a sinner. You go, you, you're, you're, you're baptized by faith into the death of Christ. And what we do in water baptism is we go, our, our sinner with the dirt on his soul gets in the, in the water. The water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We go down and, and, and the earth, we're baptized into his death. He says there in Romans 6, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So when you go into the water, you're going into the earth, meaning you're died, you're buried. And when you stand up, you're coming out of the water, which is the Holy Spirit, symbolic of a new spiritual life that you have, and your sins are gone. Water baptism does not, and nowhere in the Bible does it ever said it was mandatory for salvation. It does say in Romans 6, 3, that baptism by faith into the death of Jesus Christ is required. It does say that. Yeah. But that's a heresy. Raven, I had one today. I read something on Facebook, and I commented. I usually don't. I try not to because I usually get beat up, which I couldn't care less. I've got no, uh, you know, I'm not even sure my wife remembers my name now, being she's seven or 600 miles away or whatever. But <laughs> I read something today where someone put out, how can people misunderstanding the difference between the word tribulation and wrath? And I wrote this individual cautiously and said, I'm glad you see that. How come the worst of the church can't? I don't know, because I am not the sharpest tool in the box, and I'm not being humble. person wrote back, and they were just telling me all the experiences. They show scripture to people, and people will not get off it. They won't. They say wrath yeah. and tribulation. Why? They're not. My point is, Raven and I 
can say anything we want. We can't change your mind from false doctrine. All we can do is give you scripture. Because only the Holy Spirit, when you go into that water, into the death and buried, and you come out of the water, the Holy Spirit all over you, the water of the Holy Spirit, that's the only thing that can change you. Raven and I were yeah. convinced by a man convicts you. Now back to the necessity of the cross being the central point of all human history. I want to go to Ephesians one seven and Revelation one five. The blood, the me, blood, the blood. I'd like to make one remark about something you said. You said that, that baptism Baptism was used as a cleansing agent. And so well, so now... Hold on. Oh, Raven, hold yeah. on. Let's go to Matthew 3. Matthew says it. Yeah. It was... So I, here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say that in 1 John 1, 7, what does it say yeah. that our cleansing agent yeah. is now? Hold on. If Let we walk, okay. Hold on. We're washed from. Yeah. Go ahead. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Very the water. Good. Let me mark that. Good. Hold on. That I didn't. Ha- I didn't have that verse. Bear with me. That's yep. good. See, see, see the, the baptism, the, the water baptism was a symbol of the blood of Christ cleansing us from sin. Amen. That was a symbol Amen. of that. Amen. But, Raven, you and I both know people, or at least acquainted with people, may not personally know them, that they have been told all their life in their church, and you know two people very well who I will see in Bible study tonight that tell me they see the verses, but they've been taught this all their life. It is a prison. It's a prison where we make what? What you read in Mark 7. We make the traditions of man more important than the word of God. In fact, let me read that. Howbeit in vain, you worship me. You teach the doctrines you teach for doctrines the commandments of men. You lay yeah. aside the commandment of God. You hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other like such things. Full well, yeah. you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition, making the word yeah. of God of none effect through your tradition which you have delivered yeah. and many such like things. You do. Folks, we can't say it any better. Right. And it's not that Raymond and I have discussed, we're not esoteric. We're not, that God has made another revelation to. If anybody tells you right. that, they have a special revelation. That is unbiblical. Nothing will right. be ever revealed from now until the end of human history that is not revealed in the Bible. Will the Holy Spirit explain current revelation to you? It happens constantly. That's why we do this show. There is none of us who have a new revelation 
that man has never heard before. That is esoteric, and it's sin. Right. You have constant revealing of the Bible meaning as you read it. We see it every day. That's the only reason we read it, because it right. never is exhausted. But we're right. not telling you something that's a new revelation. Let me tell you something. These heresies that we're pointing out, and this is this is historical fact. I looked it up. From 1850 to 1880 is when the great majority of them came into play. The other stuff was not even even the the, the other the, before 1840 1850. These things that we preach and teach today weren't even in existence. Mm. But that was a good one. Matthew, what was that? Matthew 3.11? Uh, Matthew 3. Are you talking about the, uh, the blood of Christ? Or are you talking about the, yeah. the baptism with the blood. fire? and The blood that the was blood. First John 1 John 1.7. Ah, you're right, you're right. Pardon me. Hold on, hold on. That is a cleansing agent. And that was my yeah. word. I wouldn't even first John one. Yes, it was your word. That's right, that was your word. Okay. That that All made right. me think about the fact that we are cleansed by the blood of Christ and well, yeah. Let us show you where I came up with the word. Go to Ephesians. This is where okay. I came up with it as we're talking. Let's go to All right. Ephesians. All right. Um, just bear with me. Mm-hmm. 26. This is where I got my thought. Okay. 526. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, this is perfect. But he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, the blood, which represents the cross, period. The preaching of the blood sacrifice of Christ is the cross. The two are inseparable. Read Ephesians 1 7. All right. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You don't have redemption if your faith is in anything but his blood and what he did at the cross. I didn't say it. The Bible says. That's right. You don't don't have forgiveness of sin. Read Revelation. Not through water. Yeah, right. Not through water or works. It's through his blood. Nope. Go ahead to Revelation 1.5. Revelation one five, and this is only just a this is only a a a beginning point with the blood. Yes, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Yes. Boy, that's a, all right. You could do an you could do an entire sermon on just that verse. We basically have. Yes. 
The one difference, Raven, between our sermons, and this is why I go to the church I go, he is exactly the same as we do. He doesn't give you stories. He doesn't give you opinions. He doesn't tell you what happened to him in, in seminary. He gives you verses to interpret verses. Yeah. All right. Taking everything we've said, do you see the validity of John fourteen six? Read that. Taking everything the Bible has said, not us, the Bible. Right. That's important. Right. What I say means nothing. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why? Because only his perfect blood could cover sin. There are times, Raven, people that I know currently, and you know them, and the guy I worked with, if I could literally take half their suffering yeah. and be of any value, I'd do it. In this case, that would mean nothing for a person for salvation. You could take my right. blood. You could take every. We could take every human being's blood that's ever lived in the world, and it all be sacrificed to save a sinner. It doesn't do any good because it's sin. It's sin tainted blood. Only the blood right. of Christ who commits no sin. Remember yeah. what she read in Second Corinthians five twenty one. In Christ, we would become the righteousness of Christ, who knew no sin. Yeah. All right. Now, I am the way, the truth, the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me, because nobody else could offer a sacrifice that would pay for sin. Remember what you yeah. read in First Peter one eighteen and nineteen. You weren't redeemed yeah. with silver or gold or precious metals yeah. or any of that other nonsense. You're redeemed by right. the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot or blemish. Now go to First yeah. Timothy two five. All right. Two five. For there yes, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Is that it? If you think it's Jesus plus water baptism, you could be walking on the fighting side of God. My reference for that, Galatians 5.2 and 5.4. We read them, read them again. Not us, but you. Now, you see why Paul, Raven, I want you to go to, let's see a thing in history with Paul. Go to Philippians chapter 3. And I'm making a point there. Not just wasting time reading Old Testament or New Testament. Uh, Philippians, what's that again? Philippians 3. All right. I want you to read 2 and hold on through 9. And just read it slow and let it sink in to people who are willing to listen to the Bible. All right. Start in verse 2, did you say? Yeah, that's good. Well, verse 3. Okay. Beware of dogs. 
Beware of evil workers. Beware Wait, of the mutilation. Hold on. Hold on. Start with one because it's, I didn't know it said what I said earlier. All right. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. And the flesh is his keeping religious laws. Now, Paul is going to tell you how good he was keeping religious laws. But go ahead. Yeah. Yes. And, and he, he is a Jew and was circumcised in the flesh, but he's saying, uh, he's already saying well, in verse 3, that's, that, that's useless. That, go ahead. Uh, keep going. That's what I'm telling you. He was the best that it was. In the flesh, religion. Yeah. Yeah. But read what he says. Read what he says about it. Right. Well, he says they're dogs, right? Though I, well, though I also might have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Though no, I no. also, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he might have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth that, hold on. That's how confident yeah. Paul was that he was absolutely perfect by the law. Go ahead. Yes. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You've never heard that statement from any human being ever. And Paul wrote it. The Holy Spirit said it here. He inspired every word. Paul was saying he was perfect by the law. Now, we're going to see the flip-flop he made. Seven, you've read six, read seven and eight. All right. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. The man who was blameless according to religion. Yes. And there are many people who call themselves Christians today who are actually following. They're going back to following the law. They're the people that he, in this chapter, he is saying, beware of those people. He's telling you, beware of those people. Yes. Raven, this year, 2024, Mm -hmm. I have heard Dr. Michael Youssef, Mm -hmm. who I believe is of Arab descent, who is an international yeah. evangelist, and Dr. Mm-hmm. David Jeremiah both just say that exact thing. The churches are not preaching from the God Bible anymore. 
And this is not Carl. This is Michael Youssef, who's got international ministry, and Dr. David Jeremiah. Dr. David Jeremiah made a statement, the churches have let the church down. Pastor Rands of the church I go to on Wednesday night Bible study has about five weeks made one statement, the current church have left illiterate. Illiterate. This has been going on, Raven, for 37, as coming in to biblical Christianity without any Bible background in 1986. I could see that the church was doing this already. You're reading one thing in the Bible, and yet you're preaching and teaching another. Now, at that time, I had people, and you know the town I was in, they they actually saw 666 on my head. But this is common. You've got people, let me mention the people I heard last year say it. Greg Laurie, Dr. Jack Graham, Mm -hmm. Michael Mm -hmm. Youssef, Jeremiah, Jimmy Swagger, and the list goes, Alistair Begg. Now, there's a guy that is very polite. I'm telling you, folks, if we don't, one thing I've learned in 50 years of working in the electromechanical field if you don't identify the cause of the problem, you ain't going to solve it. And if we don't understand, like Yousef and Jeremiah, Jack Graham, uh, Greg Laurie, if we don't understand the cause of the problem, it's right in our own house, folks. We're in trouble. Yeah. What yeah. did Jesus it, You and I... Yousef? You know, you and I both know of a particular person whose name I'm not going to state right here. It won't matter to anybody anyway, or at least to most people. No, it won't. But we both know, we both know of someone in Texas. That's all I'm going to say, so that you know what I'm talking about. But who has denied a, a large part of Scripture, and, well, and on, until on, that Ray, person. Hold on, hold on. Let let me clear the air here because you mentioned someone in Texas. This could make people connect. That individual told me verbatim, told me verbatim and put it in writing that they don't want to listen to my Bible studies anymore because I teach from Paul's writings and Paul is speaking from demons. That was the exact quote. Go ahead. Now, until... Until I heard that from that person, I had not seen much of this going on. But now, in the last, I'm going to say, six months, I have seen this on, online becoming a huge following. I have seen, now, now a lot of these people aren't, they won't admit outright um, exactly what they're saying the way she did until, I mean, unless you really push them to the wall, but what they will say is unless it's words in red, unless it's words that Jesus Christ said, 
But we must remember, this is why this says this, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. We must be very careful who we listen to and must remember that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it. When we begin to throw out books of the Bible and we begin to say for ourselves, well, I'm not going to believe this book of the Bible. I'm not going to believe this book of the Bible. I'm not going to believe this one. I'm going to decide for myself that such and such, that Paul or Timothy or, or whoever, I'm going to decide for myself that that, that, that person that, that the Holy Spirit gave scripture to, I'm going to make that decision for myself that that is a lie. What we are doing is we're doing two things. We're, first of all, we're calling God a liar. And second of all, we are putting ourselves flat in the middle of Revelation 22, 19. And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. That is a scary thing to do. There's another issue here. When you say, knowing that the Bible says in two New Testament scriptures that the Holy Spirit inspired every word, and then you say, that Paul, the voices of demons, you are blasphemed the Holy Spirit. There is no recovery from that if that happened. Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you, right? I do pray for this individual, but that right. was that, that, at that statement in writing that I had at 2.30 in the morning, I responded to in writing and said, they hear it when I talk about Paul's writings, that I that that Paul's writings are the are the are the voices of demons. When you do that, knowing the Holy Spirit inspired every word, you have just crossed the line. I honestly, and this individual, I honestly hope and pray, and I have literally, that they did this in ignorance, didn't understand right. what they were doing, because there is no coming back from blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But that. The the issue yeah. we got here here's the issue. Read first Timothy four one. Well, I just want to say before anyone 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 criticizes you for no longer for for stopping your your conver- conversation with her any longer, second John is very clear and says that whoever just transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. We must be very careful. We yep. must be very careful. When people are mm-hmm. teaching, and this is what she was doing, when they are teaching this sort of deception, when they are dis- t- teaching, especially a, a, an opposing gospel, 
they are, as, as Paul taught in, in uh, Galatians, they are accursed. They're accursed, and we have to steer clear of them. Now, I'm sorry, that was we Second do. Timothy, Carl? Yeah. What, what verse are you referring to? What, what was it that you said? Read what again? First Timothy what? First Timothy 4, one. For what? This shouldn't, now, spirit, this shouldn't be a surprise. Yes. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And these are who? These are the people in the churches. Yes. Do me a favor. This has been the problem ever since time began. The church. Yeah. Heresy in the church is the problem. Go to Jeremiah. All right. And people say, well, you're just beating up on church. I am beating up on anything. I didn't write this book. I'm barely smart enough to understand one or two verses. I want you to read Jeremiah 23, verse 1 and 2. All right. Well, I got this. this I got this a, chapter all marked up. This is a this is a problem, folks. This has existed since Adam and Eve. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore. Thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. Read verse uh, 10 and 11. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of a curse, the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil, and their might is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. There you go. You got two choices, folks. You either believe, as David Wilkinson says, the seeker-friendly churches, which before he died are springing up in New York City, he said, like weeds, even though there ain't no plant growth in New York City unless Central Park. I'm telling you, this is predicted. It shouldn't be any major revelation. We're not trying to stir up anything. You've got these big-name ministers that I mentioned who are credible. Jeremiah, Michael Youssef, Jack Graham, Ph.D. from Dallas Theological Seminary. Not that that means a hill of beans, but they, they, I'm telling you, they're telling us that this stuff is happening in the church. That's why you've got a darn Bible. Read your Bible. Raven and I yeah. can't convict you of anything. We don't want to convict you of anything or convince you because then you're only going to last for that 
until the next hot shot comes along. You have to go to the words of God. We're almost to the end. Would you read two verses? I want Uh you to read 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy (laughs) 3.15. All right. 2 Timothy 3.15. And I want to make a point here on one point. There's several points in Timothy. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now read 16. All Scripture is given by inspir- all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness now at all the time scripture. this was written it was referring to the old testament primarily that was all that was written well, Okay, but all scripture, he doesn't break it into New or Old Testament or only what's in red, no. Go to first, Second Peter 1 and read 20 and 21. Second Peter. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You either believe that or you don't. If you don't believe it, read Sports Illustrated. In fact, go upstairs and the minor league baseball games aren't on TV yet. Go upstairs right now and turn on your TV and watch the the NASCAR race from Atlanta. It's a a one-and-a-half-mile track and very fast. If you really don't believe this, if you don't believe every word is inspired by God, do something else. Right. Well, here's the thing, Carl. If they don't believe, if they don't believe it, then everything that their salvation is based upon is likely false. Everything. Because it can't be in the cross. It can't right. be in the it's cross. It's a great, you know, you know those things where you see somebody that sets up a big, long uh, thing of dominoes. They got the big, long thing all set up. It's a huge, long, you know, where they set it all up. And then, and then they, the, after they get it all set up, they tip one and the whole yeah. thing goes falling down. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. That's what happens yeah. when you take out. You you take out one one verse of scripture and say I don't believe that one. It's just that's what ha- it's just like tipping that one domino. You you take out one and boom, that whole thing is going to go. The whole thing is going to go. Because no. if you if you only one. The end. Yep, we're almost to the end. In fact, we got less than two minutes. I want to say something about this individual that Raven referred to in Texas. I spent a lot of time on the phone, never met the individual. They were very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable. I believe that they were born again. 
And if, if, if any, if this individual would ever hear this program, even though you think I'm your enemy, I have literally prayed for you that you did not commit the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Could we have done it? Yes, you could have. But if you did it in ignorance, it's not going to be held against you. And if you've done it, don't worry about it. Christ knows your sincere heart. Every one of your sins were covered by the blood. And if the blood did not cover them, then why not? Then everything we've done is wrong, but it has. If this person could hear me and they'd know who they are, I'm serious. I have literally been praying that you have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit because I think you had a lot of good ideas when we first started talking, and it's tragic. But this is warned about the Scripture. Read 1 Timothy 4.1. Read 2 Timothy 4.1-4. Read these verses. Read the book of Jude. Read the book of Jude about the destruction preached in the churches. Jude... I yeah. sound like I'm a, I sound like I'm a PR person for false doctrines compared to what Jude said about them. Read the yeah. book of Jude. Do we think it's the last book before Revelation, folks? But this individual, I honestly am only hoping, and I literally pray. I'll say it fourth time, that you have not committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now you may have done yeah. it. But if you did it ignorantly, God will not hold that against you. Fortunately, it's 4.30, Raven. I'll, uh, why don't you give me a ring? I'm going to end the episode. All right. Give me a call. Yep. Have a good week. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.